Okay, Mishnah. Hey, Reb Nechunya ben Akanoyma. Minute, we'll give a little bit of history. Kind of a kabbalah of old Torah. Anybody that's a kabbalah on themselves, accept upon themselves the oil. How do you translate oil? Yoke. Very good. We have to understand what that means. Anyone that's makabal on themselves, the oil of Torah, ma'avirin mimenu, they remove from him all malchus. Va all derech And the oil of pranasa. Vachala poirek mimenu al Torah. Anyone that throws off the yoke of Torah, noisnin olav oil malchus, they put on him the oil of malchus of the government. Va all derech so it almost sounds on a very superficial, on a surface level of the Mishnah, that if a person really accepts, and we have to maybe define this, the yoke of Torah, he doesn't, he doesn't have to do Pranasa. Now, again, Minyana de Yoma, Rabbi Shema Bayechai was one of them, right? I, I can't imagine, and the Mephoshim bring this down, that we're dealing with a regular person over here, right? To, to, to completely accept the yoke of Torah and nothing else, a very, very rare individuals. One of them, definitely one of the most famous ones, being Rabbi Shimon Yochai, he didn't have to work, he didn't have to do anything, he mamished, sat and learned. So, and this Mishnah basically backs that up, that if you makabal the oil of Torah, whatever that means, they remove the oil of Derech That means you won't have to make a parnosa. It will come your way anyway. Now we have to figure out what that means. Just first of all, just a little bit of, um, of history over here. Rabbi Nechonim Anakana, he was a Tana. Uh, of second generation, lived in the time after Chorban Beis HaMikdash, and he was a Talmud of Rav Yochanan ben Zakkai, right? So we're dealing with, obviously, we're dealing with very, very Chosh of a Yidin over here. Now, what is the uh, Indian over here? So Rabbi Yonah, Rabbi Yonah, the Mishnah explains, I'll read you the Lashon of Rabbi Yonah. After a person made his Torah the Ikah in his life, that's the main thing. He works. That's just Agav. Right? The famous story they say, yeah? What do you do? I'm a lawyer. No, but what do you do? I'm a lawyer, what? What do you... I'm an Eved Hashem. Agav, to make money, I'm a lawyer. Right? People say, it's real. <laughs> it's real. You're, the Torah is meant to be your Ikah. Who are you as a person? You're an Eved Hashem. You're serving the Rabbani Shalolam. How do you make a panasa? So let's make a panasa. You know, a bit of real estate there and there. A few deals here and there. But that's just to make a panasa. It's not me. It's not who I am. It doesn't define me. After a person makes his Torah the Ika and the Melacha, Arai, HaKadosh Baruch Hu Yishmerei Mekol Dova Rai. You this, Rabbi Yoyna? The Rabbi Shalom saves you from anything bad. To in order that you will not have to come to Bittal Torah. Again, his Torah is Ika. By the way, I want to mention this, but it's not really negated to our Mishnah right now. But what does it mean, Torah Ika? The words of Rabbi Yonah on this Mishnah. Torah Ika Melach Does it mean I spend more time learning and I spend less time working? Very quiet. I don't think it means that. I think it means, what's the Ika in your head? What's the Ika in your life? The, it, it could be you spend most of your hours working and a few hours learning. But what's the Ika? Right? I, I saw this in my, you know, my grandfather, who the yeshiva is named after, based on it. And um, this was his life. He, he, he wasn't Zayichat he wasn't to go to Cheder or go to yeshiva as a child, because it was through the war years. But um, Torah by him was the most harsh thing in the world. And even though he worked most of the day, there's no question, and people told me this, his Ika in his life was learning. He came back, he sat and learned. Supper, that was his supper. He came back from, from work, and he had his Gemara, and his, uh, and his wife said, and my grandmother said, his, his ikka in his life was learning. Agav, he might have worked more hours in a day. 
But Rabbi Yun is saying an incredible thing that the Rabbi Shalom saves you, the Rabbi Shalom protects you. And he saves you from being bittle toy. If a person really makes his toy, because sometimes people you know, complain, why am I always a bittle toy? Why have I always got to do this and always got to do that? Don't just, what does the toy mean to you? If the toy meant that much to you, the Rabbi Shalom makes sure that you don't have to be busy with that. Right? And a person has to make a choice. What is he in this world for? Is in his world to make money, to work, to become famous, to, to, you know, to better himself in a physical way? Or is he in this world, and he spoke about this, this has been the theme of this peric so far, it's unbelievable. From the beginning, all the way through, what is your tachas? What's your focus? What's your goal? What are you working towards? And that's what this Mishnah is pretty much the same idea as well, which is also very, very interesting. It's also interesting that this Mishnah, if you notice, seems to be a bit of a stira. It's a bit of a stira. Because in the first half of the Mishnah, it says that a person should try as much as he can to accept the yoke of Torah, in the second part of the Mishnah, is a person that casks off the, the yoke of Torah. Basically, is that means that automatically you get the yoke. But if you cast it off, then this happens. You hear the difference in the ratio and the Sefer? In the ratio, it means try to mimic the old Torah. In the Sefer of the Mishnah, and if you cast it off, meaning you got it automatically and you get rid of it. What does that mean? So the Major Shmuel explains, Major Shmuel again here on the Mishnah, explains that there are three sorts of people in the world. Okay? There's a person that always try to progress their Yiddishkeit, their Ruchnius, their spiritual lives. And, um, and you have also uh, those people that their spirituality goes down and down. And then you have those people's spirituality just stay still. So you've got people that go up, people that stay still, and people that go down. Okay? Says the Medrash Shmuel, this Mishnah is describing the first two. The person that goes up and the person that goes down. Meaning the first half of the Mishnah describes a person who's constantly getting better and better in his Yiddishkeit by accepting the oil of Torah completely. He doesn't allow himself to be satisfied with what I did yesterday. I constantly want to do more and I want to be couple. That's unbelievable. The second part of the Mishnah is describing a person who's going down and down. As he casts off the yoke of Torah that he previously accepted, then this is what happens. Now, it's also interesting, it's, about, it's not a person who learns Torah. Ibn Khulim is not saying a person that learns Torah will not have the yoke of, of Parnassah. But a person that's makabal the oil of Torah. Uh, the oil, what is, what, what is the oil? So, Eli said very nicely, it's translated as a yoke. What is a yoke? You know what a yoke is? Right, very good, very good. It's a thing, interesting, right? It's a thing that, that, that the cows have that basically sort of puts them in their place, that they have to stay over there. What's the concept of a yoke? The concept of a yoke is that the, the item, the animal, the person that's under the yoke is not free to do whatever he wants, but it has to do the willing of its master. That's why this mission describes Kalam not Kalam Akabal of Torah, the all of Torah. If you macabre the yoke in your life, that you realize it's not about my personal pleasure. I'm not just going to live the way I want to live to give whatever gives me more pleasure, whatever gives me more gishmak, whatever gives me more, you know, tanugim in this world, that's what I want to do. No, it's a yoke. And you have to realize that it's a gishmak, but it's a yoke. And we have to be here to do the yoke of Hashem. And that's why the Mishnah describes it specifically as a yoke. I tell you, Mordecai Maisel, I'm sure Diskin, who lived eventually in Yerushalayim. Basically, he was, he was like the Rav Rashi, he was like the chief rabbi, so to speak, of Eretz Yisrael, right, more than a century ago. And there was one day before Yom Kippur, and he noticed that one of his Talmudim's hands were 
shaking, very badly shaking, mamish, very, very shaky. So he was very, very nervous. He couldn't, he couldn't, he, uh, it was during Shea, it was Erev Yom Kippur, shaking. Nebuch, the poor guy, can't concentrate what's going to be with him. So Bishobli Diskin asked him, is everything okay? And he said, Rebbe, I'll be honest with you, I'm petrified. Yom Adin is coming up. I'm petrified. What am I going to answer to the Rebbe? Yom Adin. What am I going to say? What am I going to do in this year? Shem Yerachim. I'm very, very scared. So Bishobli Diskin told him, I have eight of you. Do me a favor. Go to a certain person's home. Right? There's a house of a Yid who lives in the outskirts of the city. You go to his house, go and see how he prepares for Yom Kippur. Oh, the Rebbe tells me, I'm probably going to go there and he's going to be Isaac and all sorts of interesting things to be preparation for the day. He comes to the man's house, the shutters were closed. It was dark, right? All the trissim, everything was closed. Oh, he said, wow, he's getting ready for Yom Kippur. This is unbelievable. And uh, he said, okay, so he came back and he saw one thing through the windows. He saw that the guy was sitting and learning. So he came back to his Rebbe and said, I don't know, maybe he said he's the wrong guy. I didn't see him preparing. I was sitting and learning, but I didn't see him preparing. He said, what do you mean? Did you see anything? He said, yeah, I saw him sitting and learning. That's exactly the thing. When a person sits and learns properly, he doesn't have an opportunity to do anything wrong. And therefore, he was teaching him a site that if a person keeps himself busy, if a person accepts himself the all of Torah, whatever he can, whatever situation, as we're coming off the previous Mishnahis, even if it's during a meal, there's no time to have this, and you won't be worried for your din, and you won't be nervous in that case. The morale explains over here in Derech Chaim on his parish over here in Perkyovus that it says how can it be that a person accepts the yoke of Shemayim the yoke of heaven the yoke of Torah doesn't have to do Derech Heres Derech Heres is work work is a natural law how is it how does it work that way so the Maran explains that a person that clings to the Torah is connected to a higher a higher world and once he's reached that higher world then the level of this world of physicality cannot basically affect him and he won't have to work and that's it's a kavaldikazak that we have to remember we have to remember if we want to be zeichah to a world that yes we're living in this world in a physical way but what's our she'ifas what's our direction where are we going what's our ikka has to be Torah and when a person accepts upon himself Torah then automatically all of the other distractions all of the other things fall by the wayside and the Rebbeinu gives him that siyata dishmaya and is able to concentrate in his Abodah Hashem and his Torah and everything else and Be'ez Hashem tomorrow continue with the next Mishnah